0: Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Red Door, a uh, occasional podcast series where I, Spencer Reese, uh, published poet and priest, uh, interview poets about their work that is coming out, that is being published, celebrating their work. And I'm honored and thrilled today to have David Baker here in New York City whose book has just just come out, uh, Whale Fall from uh, Norton, and um, we are honored to have him here today. David Baker, it's so good to see you. Yeah. Well,
1: Spencer, it's very good to see you too. <laughs> in New York City? Yeah. We're... When did you get into town? Um, last night. Oh, I flew in last night um, so that you and I could have this chance to talk and then fly out tomorrow to Provincetown with Paige Starzinger, my partner.
0: Well, yes, and a lovely poet who was just in The New Yorker. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, and we're in this absolutely beautiful apartment here on Second Avenue. Um, and uh, so I'm delighted to celebrate you and celebrate your poetry and celebrate, you know, a huge writing career that has spanned over how many years? Forty some, forty and began what as you were saying before we started with uh, W S Merwin being your explain that to me a little bit. It oh, was your um, teacher? No, it wasn't
1: my teacher at all. You were I, writing a thesis. I, on I was it. at a little college in Missouri, Central Missouri State University, um, and became an English major there. There were no creative writing classes, but I was taking poetry classes and literature classes, and I stayed there and did an MA. Mm -hmm. and um, wrote my master's thesis on Merwin, on three of his really great books, The Carrier of Ladders and Writings to an Unfinished Accompaniment and uh, The Compass uh, Flower, that great series of books that he did in the early and mid-70s. I wrote this in 1974, 70. Oh, my God. No, 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 76, (sighs) 77, um, and sent it to him. Oh, yeah? I didn't know any better. <laughs> I sent it to him, and he wrote the loveliest letter back. Was he in Hawaii then? He was in Hawaii. He had just gotten to Hawaii, yeah. And uh, I met him a couple of years later in 1979. I was teaching high school English in Jefferson City, Missouri, my hometown. And my thesis advisor, who was a member of the Kansas City Jewish community center that in the 70s had a huge poetry series, really a big one. Hundreds of people would go here, Denise Levertov, and he said, "So Merwin's coming to do a reading, would you do the introduction? I, having never been to a poetry reading in my life, (laughs) said sure, and wrote essentially a little bitty master's thesis of an introduction and, duh, memorized it. Wow! Nobody does that, and gave this introduction, and got to hang out hang out in Kansas City for two days with Merwin, and that's where I first met him. He and must we have were been friends impressed. Forever. Well, it, it was it was a really terrific couple of days.
0: Now, would you call him like the one of the early uh, sort of progenitors or grandfathers or whatever word you want to use of of Echo? Um, Poetry, this term that I'm hearing more and more. Would would you say that that he was like an early
1: promulgator of that? Yeah, I think he's one of the, you know, in the, in the '60s and '70s, one of the early voices in the postmodern era who was writing more than just nature poetry, but nature poetry with a kind of activist or intentionality of naming the names and writing the wrongs, um, but. Then having said that, you can trace that back another hundred years and think, well, what about John Clare? Yeah. What about Wordsworth? What about Emerson? What about and before that? But the poetry that has a particular political intentionality as eco poetry. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think Merwin is one of the early forefathers.
0: And are you comfortable embracing that? Uh, term to describe the direction of your work or or how, how do you I guess I, yeah. I don't like any of those terms you know yeah.
1: and they're slippery like I hear like a nature poet or a pastoral poet know, or an I environmental know. poet or an eco poet and they do indicate different degrees of action and engagement I guess um, and for myself, I guess, I've probably morphed from one of those, like, a, I wrote about nature yeah. a lot, into that more purposeful, attentive, eco-poet. Great. Well, um,
0: I want to dive right into this book. Yeah, you know, let's this, do um, the, the, this, the The creation of these podcasts has sort of just fallen from the sky. It was not something that I ever thought I would really be doing, but that's sort of been the course of my entire (laughs) entire life. Um, And I've, I've really enjoyed them and uh, it's been a, a a real spectrum of, of artists in the, in the art. And um, so why don't, so I, I suggested before we started that we focus on the title poem, which is, you know, miraculous, uh, a masterpiece uh, in, in terms of a long poem in parts. And I thought we would focus on that. Is there any, you know, do you want to set it up a, a little bit and then start with section one and then we'll pause sure.
1: and... Sure, sure, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the poem you're talking about is a poem called Whale Fall. And it's the title poem for this new book that was released Ten, Last week ten days ago. Oh my gosh. From WW Norton. Tof. So this is really fun. It's like the first time I've actually had the finished book in my hands to, to read from. And at the center of the book, it's the third section of five sections, right in the middle of the book is this long I poem thing called Whalefall. Um that does a couple of narrative tasks. And I don't I won't talk about it very much, but One of the things that happens is that a a whale dies, um, a gray whale, and biologists have identified a thing they call whale fall. If a whale dies in a especially deep part of the ocean, it goes through three very distinct phases Mm -hmm. as it floats deeper and deeper into the darker, colder. Less oxygenated water, hmm. and eventually, a year later, potentially hmm. settles what's left of its body on the bottom of the ocean. And by the hmm. time it has done that, it has attracted billions of other things that live in it, on it, with it. It is its own cosmos. It's like a seed, oh. and it—you know—at some point, it it stops falling because. It's got so much gas and is so light and the water is so dense, it just kind of drifts laterally and decays and falls and becomes part of what biologists call marine snow, this sort of falling detritus. Uh, It's it's a beautiful regeneration of things. So that's one of the stories. Mm -hmm. And in the sections of the poem where I'm describing those three Components of whale fall, the the poem is structured sort of to descend. It's it it goes down, it's lateral. And in the other sections um, that describe, they're much more personal um, about my backyard in Ohio and a hummingbird and a long illness that I've had um, that I especially struggled with 25 years ago. Uh, That's the other narrative. So in some way, the poem is about decay and the disillusion of the body and illness and pollution. Right. All the plastics in the ocean and all the things that kill the whales, what is in a whale's stomach and what is in an ill person's body, the viral parts. Anyway, that's all happening.
0: Yes. um, Almost like... It's almost like the poem is a metaphor for a whale fall because it's collecting and catching all this detritus as it moves and settles
1: on the page. I think that's one of the things I was trying to do. By the fourth section, syntax has dissolved and there are all of these pieces Okay, I want you to start reading, but yeah, can yeah.
0: you, um, to help center the, the listener, c- give a description? Uh, the speaker has also is also had a long-suffering illness. Yeah. And so wh- wh-
1: how,
0: what would be the diagnosis of that for the person that's listening to this? Uh, sure. A couple of it's sentences. The other like thing, like how thing how that I talk about that. in the
1: poem is just having taken ill in 1993 and being so sick. And not knowing what was wrong with me for months and months, the doctors couldn't figure it out. One said, oh, that's mono. And another said, no, he's already had mono. It's chronic mono. It's Mm Epstein-Barr. It's chronic fatigue syndrome. It's myalgic encephalomyelitis. It is. There are lots of names. It's like a terrible storm of viral illnesses that migrate or fall through the body into different systems of the body okay so So. (laughs) did did you
0: did you come up with a connection to the whale fall and that of the speaker's illness did that come organically or did you or did you how did that how did you make that connection or did it just did it just happen
1: i don't know you don't know i wrote i wrote another long poem 10 years ago about my mother this is about my mother and her dying in a hospital and chemist, chemicals, and about landscape farms and midwestern yeah. towns and it 's that braiding of yeah. a big catastrophe and a small personal catastrophe that happens in the poem so how about how about I just start how Let's about, start I reading read, read a section because i 'm talking too much and no
0: well. I think it's helpful I'll read the first section and oh, then we can just yeah.
1: see where it goes. Yeah. Um whale fall. One dies. Astrichius robustus gray of the sole living genus of Baleen of the family astrichotidae slate gray or darker, and notable now for the gray-white pattern scars left by parasites, two blowholes which can create a distinctive V-shaped blow in calm wind conditions, and falls as it falls as through blue breeze and swirls light as a tissue drifting down. Down through the cool layers, the sifted light of sea wind warm currents, loose galaxy of whirling flecks, slow motion in a haze, in whose first stage, falling, now the mobile scavengers drift alongside sleeper sharks and thin hagfish, or as the book calls them, enrichment opportunists, come to feed at the soft flanks and fat for weeks as the bones grow exposed, all of them spinning down. I want you to keep reading so we get a sense of the momentum. Two. We might hear rain before the rain. Sirens, hail before it cracked the hundred panes or lay our heads on the desks. And listen to our blood whispering in the wood grain. In 1963, the warnings are piecemeal, part of a good day's play or work. We might need to cover our heads, hold hands in the hallway, look away from the blast. Mm-hmm. June 29, 2013, a sperm whale found deceased on the beach of a small island off the coast of the Netherlands had dozens of plastic bags, nine meters of rope, two long pieces of garden hose, a couple of flower pots, and a plastic spray canister in its stomach. I'm watching a hummingbird, bare thumb top. gray-green blur, dip to my feeder bulb and dart off over the barn to a wire. A colubris, little serpent. I hear a burr of wings and already it's back, dips again, hovers there, sips now, attacks the tube of red sugar water until bubbles aerate like an aneurysm. June 28, 2016, an 80-foot blue whale, Balaenoptera musculus, caught in 200 feet of fishnet, crab lines, channel buoys off the coast of Orange County, lines cut through its mouth, wrapped its fins. Blue whales are typically thought to be more offshore animals, and crabbing gear is thought to be more inshore, but obviously the spatial overlap between those two is coming into conflict explained Lee Torres. The fact that we see this entanglement isn't terribly surprising, though it is unique. Weeks I couldn't sleep. Years I couldn't waken. I found a note I'd written one ill night. Pines shredded, ice, snow, such wind rips the night i run my tongue along my tooth aching and know it's coming back once more the warning right cuspid gum swollen puffed as a pea two days before the viral fire the toxic sea march 31 2016 13 sperm whales physeter macrocephalus beached themselves off a shallow coast of Tuning, Germany. We may never know the exact cause, wrote Danny Groves. Stomach contents, 43 feet of fishing net, 100 plastic bags, golf balls, sweatpants, greenhouse glass sheeting, cigarette butts, hypodermic needles, a plastic car engine cover, a bucket. Cottonwood seeds, gnats, wings in the sunlight, Whirl of dust motes In a haze of still light If it were so simple As to drift down If it were so easy As getting up again Little bug, little serpent The air slows With summer sickness When you fly away And the feeder bobs there Like a red boy On the green waters Of a distant bay
0: Why don't you read three And then we'll Oh, you've got it.
1: Number three. A drawer full of notes. Years trying to... All night sweating. Sheets so heavy. Burning. 600 lymph nodes. I know where you live. She's 18 months old. Up. Up. I'm afraid... One of my titers read 2,560, active, acute, you are really sick, so weak to pick her up. I pick her up. Aggregate allergens, grasses, wheat, milk, acidics, trees, multiple exclusion. Temp 103.7, good night moon. After a sunny walk with her wagon, next day, panting, testicles so swollen, freezing, system flushing itself into the waves, aggregate infection, liver, kidney, heart sac, spleen, gut, urinary tract, neck, good night, night bird, far off. Through the high pines.
0: Well, David, this is so beautiful. It's so exciting to hear you read it. How do you... Yeah. it's. What am I supposed to say? Other I've read than it's exciting. it to
1: myself a billion times, but I never read it out loud to another human. So it's, You haven't? No, I never have. So it's really... I've never read it out loud.
0: It's very moving. It's very you, magical.
1: Sponsor. It's tries to manage a lot of different things, and it... at the heart it just wants to be about this new dad who's got a baby and he just wants to walk her around and when he walks her around he gets sick again And, and it's about the warnings that I learned over the course of years that my body would tell me I'm about to get really sick again and here are some of the signs and that Jeremiah that alarm is wrapped into the alarm of the environment and the whale and the pollutions in the ocean as well.
0: God, Uh, no. um, So, you know, um, so I don't ever assume the speaker is the, is the maker. Yeah. um, And there's always that fine line, but, you know, just so how so how are you with your health now? And this is—is is it still sort of an amorphous diagnosis, or
1: it's a pretty specific diagnosis? Twenty-five years ago, they kind of didn't know, but they've done a lot of work. Um, it's still—I mean, there there are a whole gazillion of unnamed, not quite specific viral immune illness. I mean, everything from Lyme disease to yeah, this yeah. to. to yeah. Are you okay now? I'm more or less okay. I had a pretty bad relapse five years ago. And that's kind of what triggered me starting to take notes for this poem. Like, geez, it's always going to be there.
0: You see a doctor regularly? Do you take I medications did. For I don't it, anymore.
1: I do quite a bit of other management. Yeah. Like, um, Is it like stress related? Yeah, it can be stress related. It can get triggered by a really bad infection. Yeah. Um, things like that
0: how does it feel working within the parameters of a large poem as opposed to a uh, was that a decision you made before you began this or did it start out small and you were like you know i i i, I sometimes have found that the poem says to me i will be this or the poem says I will reject the personal narrative. This is going to, you know, it's sort of it's yeah. it's like a it's like a shaman kind of thing, I, I guess. Or
1: did that happen to you here? Or, or how did it? I did not want to write another big poem. <laughs> they, they, huh. It took me a couple of years. They, they're really hard, and I didn't know what this was going to be. I I knew I I needed to write about illness. I've written a little bit of prose about this illness, but not a poem. And mm-hmm. I had notes and notes and plans and diaries and whatever. And I began to take notes about the oceans. I've written about the landscape. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, a an earth book. I wanted to write a, a water book, mm-hmm. even though I live in Ohio. Um, and I began to study the whales, because they're so beautiful and endangered. And I just began to collect. I mean, one of the things the poem is, is just documentary evidence. Right. You know, quotes and facts and figures and, and formulas um, dumped in here. Again, like the aggregate stuff that attaches to the body as it's sinking of the whale, all the right. stuff that gathers. Um, and mm-hmm. then having all this stuff, I was like, how in the world am I going to shape this? And I uncovered the term whale fall and understood that it's...
0: Where did you find that term?
1: uh, Something in National Geographic, I think, was the very first one, and I just started to read. There are three distinct phases to whale fall, to a whale fall. And so I thought, okay, I need three sections, and each of these sections will describe one of the third one of the three phases, and those sections are going to descend. Although if you take those lines, if you look at the page and add them back together, this is all ten-syllable lines that I have... Which I ones
0: should, are the two? Which sections? Like section
1: they? one and four and okay, um, ten-syllable lines that have fallen apart or that have pulled apart. And so oh, I yeah. wanted those whale sections to go down, and I wanted the personal memory illness sections to be lateral okay, and those are syllabic and in rhymed couplets though just barely there the yeah. rhyme, um and some of those couplets fall apart finding the form those two basic forms let me then begin to write sections
0: oh interesting so you really put a lot of pressure on
1: syllables Lots. lot uh, the whole book is s- mathematical like that Huh. I like the measurement of things.
0: And it's all so painterly in that you immediately imagined this these three dis, you know, we're we're watching. I mean, the cover of this book is so beautiful of this wonderful. whale. Um did they find that or they did, did you f- Yeah, I love that when that happens. And the blue of the cover. I, you know, I'm drawn to painting just about as much as I am to poetry. And so um well, I want you to keep reading. Yeah. I want you to read. Let's read um, uh, four, five, and uh, maybe six, and then, and then we'll, we'll save pause, 7 and yeah. we'll save seven until the end. Okay.
1: So this one is, section four, is the second stage of whale fall. So this one goes down and again. And again, to remind it's, the listener, it's, it's syllabic. It's syllabic. Um, look at this. In the second stage at 4,000 feet, if you... Combine every two lines back, they are ten-syllable lines. Cool. And now two people in the world know it. (laughs) So, okay, Um, section four. In the second stage, at 4,000 feet or 122 atmospheres, weight suspends. A heavy thing in one world floats like willow seed in a breeze in this a moving, vast, through that darkness, silent. They don't need much else, oxygen nor light, the frilled shark and fangtooth, the spider crab, the vampire squid, who stripped the dead down now beyond bones to the merest blueprint of whale. Slow downspinning of months, a year, more, the hypotoxic haze, the marine snow in a kind of afterlife of weather, drifting down of plankton and protists, soot, sand, fecal matter in aggregates held together by a sugary mucus, all sifting down through the aphotic zone and its vast weight, once 40-plus tons Skin like a peeled, hard-boiled egg, patched with orange whale lice, white barnacles. It, too, long since sloughed, shed, dissolving as particulate snowfall, orbital in this new galaxy of darknesses, born like seed, floats down. Section 5. I have been silent for a long time now. You know I'm serious about the whales. You don't know this. I floated there in stillness, in white sheets. White boughs breaking, the pines in ice and wind, like a hammering pulse. When I woke, I couldn't speak or make sense. And when I slept again, I didn't sleep and more fires spreading through the body's depths. Plastic garbage patch, bigger than Mexico, found in Pacific, National Geographic. These pieces of plastic are not necessarily floating bottles, bags, and boys, but, quote, teeny tiny pieces of plastic resembling confetti, 90% of seabirds consume it. Over 8 million tons of new plastic trash finding its way into the oceans every year. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch moves in a clockwise direction like a toilet. It circulates an area of 7.7 million square miles. 70% of marine debris sinks to the bottom of the ocean. New York Times. Plastic glomerate was discovered by Charles Moore, a sea captain, surveying plastic washed up on a remote polluted stretch of sand on Hawaii's Big Island. It's a new stone, a fusion of natural and manufactured materials. Quote, if plastic glomerates are buried within the strata, says Jan Zaleski, an English geologist, I don't see why they can't persist in some form for millions of years. You'd think we'd learn to duck our heads. It's time for arithmetic. Okay, kids, who can tell me what you get when you divide a number by itself? Silence. Overhead, the the hum of fluorescence, the swallowing sea of storm clouds out the window beyond the trees. What does it take to raise sufficient alarm? When do you hide? Where do you fly from harm? Aggregates increase like snow. Aggregation theory represents a two-state system. Time for chemistry, kids. To characterize the formation of marine aggregates and the loss due to sinking now appears a big, long, complicated formula, which I won't read. Okay. Well, dc to the minus 1 over dt equals g large c to the 1 minus 20.8. And then I don't even know what those figures, how to say those figures. I know what they mean. GC2 over
0: 1. What does that mean?
1: Well, where. Oh, okay, sorry. C. Go go ahead. (laughs) To the first is the concentration of the cells. R is the radius of each cell. G is the shearing rate. Um, Alpha is the stickiness coefficient. And G is the growth rate. That's a formula that describes aggregate theory in the water, how these tiny particles gather. Okay. Okay. Thus, aggregation of marine particles is more prevalent when cell and particle concentration is higher, as in algal blooms. Do the math. That's what the specialist said. The first doctor winked. Some people just need to get sick in order to relax. Thanks. Your T-cells go back crazy. They attack the healthy host. It's your immune system out of control. Viral opportunism running rampant through your lymph. It won't stop. You can't sleep, flushing toxins down the pipe. Wikipedia. Marine snow is a variety of mostly organic matter including dead or dying animals and plankton, also animal parts and degrading plant material, because of the relatively long residence time in the ocean's thermophylline circulation, carbon transported as marine snow into the aphotic zone by the biological pump can remain out of contact for more than a thousand years. A blue jay lands on the fringe tree, sudden downfall of petals, The massive galaxy of matter as the body floats down through the ocean zones is granular, a snowy sand, agglomerate of debris in slow orbit around the disintegrating husk of whale. Here are the five most common unnatural causes of death. Entanglement, ship and propeller strikes, commercial fishing, i.e. human appetite, bycatch, and climate change, i.e. global warming. I was sick for years. Now it's coming back. Little serpent sipping there beyond the deck. A colubris. The need for names my friend wants to help is thirst for clarity, affinity, Yet sometimes I watch the trees, let the whip maples weep, and go blur above the barn. Now they're a wash of green, a mere wave. Now they carry me, as he says, in their arms. Section 6. Viral Capsid Antigen, 2410. Hummingbird's back again, green bulb blinking its alarm. Now the first heavy drops. Good night, little one, asleep with her toys. Aggregate testing, lymphoma, TB, tumors, HIV, leukemia, graves. Like photons, but slow around a gray sun. And when I blink and bring them back, in their distinctions, the silver limbs like water. Chronic running into walls. Chronic fog. Every second, trillions of neutrinos passing through your arm like you're transparent. CFS Cephids ME No kidding right sperm great blue mink common antarctic fin say humpback brides grey orca pygmy Cicada husk hangs on through the hard rain Mm. This is so beautiful, David One
0: tries (laughs) Oh, and some language so beautiful Let the whip maples weep and go blur above the barn
1: Yeah, that whole section is about trying to find a language for a disease and being tested for so many diseases and not having a language for it, one doctor said, "Well, it's like chronic fog, isn't it? It's like chronic running into walls." And sitting in the backyard and looking at the hummingbird, who's the the other totem in the poem, you know. There's yeah. there's the big whale in the ocean, and then there's this little hummingbird that's almost feed, feeding at the feeder like a so, like it's a thermometer and wanting yeah. to know the names of things, and then sitting back and just enjoying. The breeze and the blur of landscape.
0: And the father and the daughter. They're all there, yeah. In this new galaxy of darknesses. And there's some beautiful language in the, in the prose parts, too. The, you know, the words like bucket and toilet. and um, What's
1: aphotic zone? What is that? Through the aphotic. It's zone. essentially where there's no light, where the light stops. And what are protists? That is a, a tiny particulate of protein. My goodness. And what's a bycatch? Bycatch is the stuff that fishermen catch in their nets that they're not fishing for. Oh. It's like the uh, collateral damage. Like you're, like the fishermen are out fishing for tuna or salmon and they, oh, a whale gets snagged in the fishing line. Whatever. Bycatch. So, um, so it was really fun to to try to bring into line the beautiful language of a lyric and then all the science talk, all the documentary stuff.
0: That's nice. And, you know, I guess a larger uh, looming concern is um, mortality or the fragility of life. And before we started, you mentioned um, the great loss of these mentors as well as your father, sort of three Figures that were important in your life. And um, I don't know if this is a question, but uh, I, I certainly uh, have been dealing with similar mm-hmm. feelings. And, uh, well uh i don't know that's <laughs> kind of uh, i don't i don't know what to say other than i i resonate with and this the you know the 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 larger beautiful concern of a of the book of you know the the planet and this beautiful planet that we live on that you know i mean growing up in minnesota i just sort of took for granted um like so many things, and yet the, you know these constant sort of news reports, news flashes that you know we're in trouble, that you know it's heating up, that, that the whales are dying, that you know these 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 ominous um, things, and um, with the daughter in the poem, too, there's thoughts of you know, I think, you know, well, what kind of legacy are we gonna leave um to the next generation? Um, and as one ages, I think sort of a one gets an increasing uh hint of responsibility for um what we're leaving and wanting to leave maybe something better than than the way that we found it or or some kind of an you know and and you think of Dana. Joya writing his essay that we were all riveted by. I think I can speak for everybody. And whenever that was, 1980, you know, does poetry matter? Was did it turn into a book? Right. Yeah. Um, And um, well, of course, I think it does matter very much, and that um, um, a poem like this can can I certainly give us pause. That's not a question.
1: No, but it's a beautiful (laughs) statement. Um, Um, Trying to bring into focus massive things, like the body of a whale and a single human body with viruses, or the passage of hundreds of years, thousands of years, eons, and the momentary flitting of a hummingbird. Trying to, to see those things as part of one big thing i don't know whether we're going to pass on anything that is an improvement but we're going to pass on matter and the matter of a body or of a stone or of a whale or of whatever will reconstitute and be receding the next matter and the next matter and the next matter and there's this beautiful encouragement in that i guess Um, does a
0: poem do that is a poem doing that? Like, it's like sort of spiritually, like a poem is doing
1: that? Sure. Because it's,
0: it's, it's, um, I mean, one of my, one of my concerns, me being the person interviewing you, of course, is that, you know, I'm not, not only a, a, a poet now, you know, in the, in the world, uh, but a priest and, uh, so, you know, spiritual concerns, uh, I think about him, I preach about him, I talk about it, um, and um, and uh, and I think that you know, um, my humble opinion. You know, poetry and uh, and and God or spirituality are are really really close. I think in some ways. I think closer than, than all the other arts. I think there was a famous philosopher with a K, maybe it's Kierkegaard that said the same thing, but you know <laughs> that they were that they were very, very close.
1: Um, you know. Yeah. Poetry's hopefulness this is as close to religion as I can imagine. It's so difficult, it's so hard, it's so beautiful. It is so articulate about something for which we have no language. I know, that's, like your illness, that's or like the, the thing.
0: Yeah, the whale at the bottom of the sea, and the, there's kind of like a, a slow meticulousness with this book, I think, which is also very captivating. Like the whale falling, I'm thinking of, um, um, you know, who I'm thinking of. Maybe it's because you're from, you're in Ohio, and you have that beautiful house. That I see on Facebook, <laughs> um, but um, oh gosh, Marianne, uh, the uh, Gilead, who wrote that? What's her oh, name? Oh, Marilyn Robinson. Marilyn Robinson, oh, whose yeah. writing I I, I love. I, me and there's too. there's also this kind of slow, like meticulous, um, which is so uh, something to really relish, and I hope people will. Pick up this book and, and relish that in a, in a time when you
1: know, a lot of things are speeded up. Yeah, this is about the opposite of velocity. Right. And poetry is the opposite of velocity. So much that a poem does on the page is impediment to velocity. A line break, rhyme, sesura, oh, that's the interesting. complexity of syntax are all things that make you go slower so that you're still in the beautiful moment of the poem rather than at the end, poof, when it all goes away. Poetry is about impediment to speed. Huh. And even the reading of a poem. It's rigorous and requires rereading and rereading and rereading, where you are in- required to attend mindfully this thing and live in it. Um that's that's what we yeah. do. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and what we love.
1: And what we love. We got one more section. Read Should it. we read it? Yeah. This is a hard one. I don't know how to read this one, but this is the seventh. I'm so
0: glad that we devoted our time to reading well I hope home, it's though. I
1: hope when people listen that it makes some sense I don't know
0: oh yes. this is the th- don't you the will. final
1: section and it's the third stage where the where what's left of the whale has become a, a huge orbiting cosmos of things near the bottom and the whale's body has so fully decayed into something else this section is about landing on the bottom of these very long lines none of which ever quite completes are
0: they syllabic too no
1: no this one okay. this is this is the bottom where there's no end to it almost okay so the lines are so long so each line is kind of by itself but they hook up later those Pitty. are called monosticks. they right are the, monosticks. Uh, michael
0: yeah. collier told me that they are i asked him what do you call these <laughs> things because people are doing these things with these one lines and michael like, would know I, yeah yeah so go so this is the yeah. last
1: section When I pull out my old notes, my notebooks full of shaky words, in the third stage, a whale fallen through the deepest oceanic zones, baffle, abyssal, may take a hundred years more to decompose. When I find the old books, I see check marks, dog ears, underlines. Full restoration of health is still your hope and expectation, but giant isopods, squat lobsters, ozadacs, sea cucumbers, bristle worms, you know I am serious about the whales. Views of Jeopardy, born in 1925 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with a metropolitan population greater than the global population of whales. Perhaps less than two million. When you hear, it's already. shh, close your eyes. Languages are dying at the rate of one every two weeks. Pine pollen, gnats' wings, glints in air, dust motes, Mold spore, this fucked dot flux dot lux dot crux double slash broken piece of lamp garbage. Each eye the size of a grapefruit, heart bigger than a smart car. But what we see is infinitely less than what we don't see. Up, up cottonwood seeds polymers i.e. plastic foam gas bubbles i can't believe i'm getting it again you always have such darkness measured by a billion bioluminescent wanderers wherever you sit is the center of the universe wherever you Hear the warning? It's too late. Flatfish. Time for math again, kids. Polystyrene for infant teething. Biosemiotics. Every cell has a cognitive element. Snotbot. Whale breath. DNA. In decay. And lived for 87 years, mostly alone mostly islands. In the third stage, a whale fallen through the deepest zones, baffle, abyssal, down through the coldest depths, may take that long to decompose. A hundred years. More. No light. No oxygen. What do you mean? What do we do about it? Shh! Think of this one, spinning, Xrictius robustus, gray, of the sole living genus of baleen, of the family Extricidae, like a tissue floating in the darkness to settle there. It takes your life. Hmm. So the thing has as it's going to settled and spread. A and it, it, hundred years? Can take longer than that.
0: I think of like I'm also thinking of Prospero and the, <laughs> William Shakespeare and the Tempest and the book being buried and you know that line. You I know do. that thing. I, which line? Where he, where the book is. I know the the book is at the, the end. He buries narrative. his book. Yeah, and um, I'm just thinking of that sinking through the water. Yeah. Um, and or in anything. relation to you know, you said uh, your two like these two mentor figures, two really important figures, Stanley Plumley and W. S. Merwin, and your father. Um, all having left the earth, and slowly also. Yeah, going all in the space go. of just a
1: few months in 2019, they are ghosts of of this book. Like right as the pandemic began. Yeah, about just a few months before. Well, yeah, you're right.
0: Did a lot of the work in here come in the pandemic
1: time? Some of it did. Quite a bit of it did. And in fact, there are poems in here about. Yeah. COVID and viruses. Yes. The whole book wants to be seen or heard as in this whale poem, as an echolocation. That's another one of the poems. Another Yeah, that's
0: right. What does that word mean for people? That, echolocation.
1: Bats do it. Blind people can do you it in a, a room. You, know. you make a sound and you know your location as the sound bounces back to you or mm-hmm. in some way is answered. And whales do that, right? Or what do they whales do that? Or... That's that's that was my first uh-huh. application or understanding of the word, but it's very much like a poem. You know, we're, we we well, are in our darkness and alone and we make these sounds. We emit these sounds across great distances and great time and we hope there's a bounce. We hope there's an ear to hear that and makes a responding sound
0: have you experienced that in your poetry life that i have that things have have landed that the people have
1: heard your cries your prayers and absolutely responded to it them, gives you and... a location it gives you a placement in relation to those others that you can't see that's the hopeful thing about the whole book thinking about you know these mentors who are gone, or my father, or thinking about my daughter, and trying to dissolve the the kind of privilege of family and to think everybody is like that. Um, My my family is all of us, and Mm. all of the fishes and all of the trees and all of the living things in this globe, but in this cosmos, um, to dissolve those temporal and spatial distinctions sometimes and see i don't want to use the phrase the the large picture but something like that and to to feel that connectedness that's why this whale poem isn't at the end of the book it's in the middle Mm -hmm. what comes after that was the hard thing for me to kind of work through if i think what comes after that sort of the decay of the body and the, the loss of that one? What want. comes after? Um, song. Uh-huh. The, the, the eco, the echo location, which sounds like an eco location as yeah. well. Um, and affection yeah. and hope. and. Um,
0: before Mark Strand died, um, I had just moved to Madrid and was meeting his the love of his life, Marie Cruz. Mm-hmm. And um, he said to me, right before he... Right before he died, he was here in New York. And um, he said, um, you know, these throwaway lines. He was like, poetry is always dying, Spencer. Poetry is always dying. And it's been staying with me for like the last (laughs) 10 years. And I think, well, maybe poetry is always living. You know, and this is happening in your book where, you know, things are always dying. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing that. I'm feeling that. And the, the mentors, some of my mentors have died and they... They probably, you know, that I feel them. They're still with me, but they're, you know, going to the ocean floor. But then,
1: but then there's the the um, hope. Yeah, they're all becoming part of another thing, or the next thing, or the bigger thing that we can't see. If if the body or the language or the whatever is dying, well, no, it's not. It's well, it's transforming. It's turning it's, into. And the poems carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Or the desire for song, or something poem-like. Yeah. Well, we're
0: we're winding down. Um, I'm so glad that you know that in the space of this time we were able to sit with this poem, and slow down, slow slow the, the physics. Um, the velocity of life in 2022 in New York City down a little bit. (laughs) Um, As I said, you know, on my way over here on the subway, coming from uh, Queens uh, into the city, these beautiful black boys doing this like incredible dancing routine on the subway and all this energy, energy, Mm -hmm. and uh, that New York City uh, offers and um, it's been nice to sit here with the skylight and the cats jumping around, reminding us of life. And Matt, my friend, who helps me put these podcasts together, and think about this poem and life. And uh, I don't know—is there anything else you you want to add as we I celebrate just, this book? Uh, this book. This is
1: like the really grateful know, to um, sit at the table with you. Yeah, and, and celebrate and, the, this new and book. Talk and you know. I can't imagine a luckier occasion to have you as a reader for this poem and That's to it. have a conversation with you as the book is born. So I'm very grateful.
0: It's so sacred. The book. The book is. It's like. A, it's like a baptism. Like the book is coming out, and and you know, well, when we baptize a child, it it metaphorically it's like, it's like connects them uh to the war as it as it goes out in an echo location we put that them in the water screams we
1: put them in the water yeah. and bring them back out of the water don't we
0: yeah anything else you want to you want to add or that's yeah, on your mind i'm just mind very grateful that...
1: and it would make me happy if somebody found the book okay david this book is
0: <laughs> simply amazing and i am so thrilled to have it in my hands here in new york city the cover is gorgeous the poems are amazing it's a masterpiece can you let listeners know how can they find this book you have a website how can they how can they how, how can we let people know about this book
1: sure great question thank you thank you i went to the Barnes & Noble on Union Square today and had the first sighting of a of a of the book in a bookstore. It's published by WW w. Norton and people can get the book at Norton's site. They can order it all the places where they order books, you know, at Amazon and wherever um independent bookstores, let's do that. Yeah, let's um, do that. There're lots of independent bookstores <laughs> that will carry uh, that are carrying this book. Um so I would encourage you, if you have a favorite independent, to find the book there, or to ask the proprietor if they would get copies of the book, um, or you can ask me. I, you know, I have a website, David Baker Poet, that my daughter built for me, um, oh, and fun. I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't know what I am, David Baker Poet, maybe on Twitter, um, but you can you can ask me as well. But the book is as of ten days ago. It's in the world now, so it should be it should be findable at the places where you find books of poems go to your library ask your librarian to get this book Yeah, libraries where
0: are some of the places that you're going to read from it upcoming do you have do you have places where you know that you're going to read yet or is is just shakily coming out of the pandemic you, you, you nothing I, is well
1: both of those things are happening at the same yeah. time i'm shaky yeah. about it but i'm not teaching this fall and i've got about 30 events 30 yeah I'm gonna gonna be
0: across the country is it all are they all in the San
1: Francisco for a week and I'll be back here in New York in September to read at uh, KGB and at the Hudson Valley who are you reading at KGB with I'm reading with um, who am I reading with Kathy Fagan and maybe Chen Chen Oh nice the three of us are reading at Hudson Valley that same week. I'm Oh good.
0: I've got it's a Jennifer Franklin's.
1: That's right. Series. She's terrific. She's terrific. I'm reading in Boston with Alice Fulton at Grolier and nice. somewhere in Seattle. Are you gonna to go to Seattle? Not Seattle that I know of yet. Um maybe one. after the first of the year. I'm reading a couple of places in Salt Lake City and in Texas and in Chicago. And Madrid are you going to go to Madrid go to the Unamuno author series we'll hook you up good old Liz Mo, um, <laughs> has she been in touch it has been and oh do that Paige and you I and are and trying to figure oh, out good. to go
0: next They're, we're really trying to resurrect that and start that up again I saw and Matt Beavis was
1: just there yeah um, he's
0: sort of the resurgence of it and I think they'll get that up and going again
1: I, well Liz has been in touch so we may do that that's so. a marvelous series yeah it is
0: um, good yeah. well wonderful excellent Whale fall. we say a prayer for you and we wish you well as you now launch into the world. Little great Moby Dick of, of, of poetry. <laughs> That's wonderful. Go forth. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, David.